It's Thoughtful Thursday. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. It's not about money. It's about what can that money do for us? What can it bring me up so that I can serve the purpose I'm here to serve? And that's just as important a message as using this tool to get you there. And I love doing that because you get energized when you talk about that bigger purpose. This is Jennifer Longworth. Today's thoughtful entrepreneur is Lisa Phillips, founder of Affordable Real Estate Investments. Lisa went from unemployment and foreclosure to earning over 4000 a month in rental property. She has learned the hard and easy ways of real estate investing in rural inner city and mid-sized city areas, all in working class neighborhoods for $30,000 per property. She is now focused on doing one thing she loves to do, showing how everyone can affordably start real estate investing for high profits and cash flow. And this is open to everyone with a little ingenuity. Lisa thinks investing should be easy, fun, and financially rewarding. And she's currently celebrating the launch of her book, Investing in Rental Properties for Beginners. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so honored and blessed. I appreciate it. You have a lot going on right now. You have oh something called a book launch that you're dealing with. Yes, yes. I didn't know my life was going to go in that direction, but uh, I was called to do it. Well, how did you end up in this direction then? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes those mistakes and those really big lessons financially in life can be uh, a source of growth and strength. And, and looking back, I, that's how I got here. So I am a real estate investor. I teach investors or mostly professionals who work full time, how to build a rental property portfolio to give them financial freedom in houses that cost between 30 to $50,000. They're in working class neighborhoods all over the nation. And as I guide all the people I work with to do, you do this to get the financial freedom and open up the breathing room so you can really start focusing on what your higher calling and purpose is. And it all started with a foreclosure (laughs) in 2006 in Las Vegas. At the time, I didn't know I would end up here because of it. But sometimes if you really can learn from these lessons, you can go on and help other people not make the same mistakes, you know? So this was a, a foreclosure you personally experienced. I did at a young age too. So I graduated with electrical engineering degree. So I'm, you know, thinking I'm so smart and I get this job and um, at IBM, which I loved. And all of a sudden I get laid off. Um, mm. But right before that layoff, I swear like two months before I purchased an overpriced house at the top of the market in Las Vegas because I lived in the city my whole life. And that was the first time anyone experienced this phenomenon of housing just going up and up and up and appreciating at such a large rate and extent. So you're young, I'm like 26. And I was like, let me buy this house. Oh my gosh. You know, it's worth this much 400,000. Now it'll be worth $600,000 in a year. (laughs) I'm laughing because that's what everyone thought at the time, because it was the first time across the country, people just saw that unprecedented access to capital which caused that unprecedented access to rises in, you know, the, the rise in the price uh-huh. of the housing market. So and that was 2006. 2006, girl. So then in 2008, things kind of went crazy. Were you affected sure. by that? Yes, the house dropped to half its value. 
<gasps> oh no. So for like a year, so I, I got laid off a couple months later and then I got a job out in Ohio. So, but in 2008, I got laid off from that job again. And so what it was is like that year previously, I, I had been spending an extra $900 a month just to keep the house afloat. But then when you come to 2008 and it was a second layoff, it was like, you're not even worth the, what I paid. It would take 20 years for you to recover that. And mm. it, it's a hard decision to make, but like really it is spelled out. And at the mindset, like I, it was, everybody was experiencing this. It was a really scary time for everybody. I don't know if you remember 2008, nine, but we were losing 700,000 jobs a month. It was, it was not mm. fun. Before the second layoff, I'd purchased a condo for like $35,000 outside of Columbus, Ohio. And I was like, oh, okay. So I have to let this other house go, but I do have this home that I'm living in. And the mortgage is only like $350 a month, right? It was quite livable, if that makes sense. And so I yeah. let the house go, but I just sort of through that, I discovered, you know what? There are these homes that are sort of affordably priced in working class neighborhoods that sometimes me and my social uh, my social circle would never live in ourselves, but they are decent neighborhoods. Sometimes you get the college degree and you get the white collar job. You sort of go, well, I work this hard so I can live in a certain type of neighborhood and or a certain type of lifestyle. But at the end of the day, these other neighborhoods exist. And I know they got the fact that it was lower priced and affordable got me out of a bind. And I grew up working class. So it's not hard for me to navigate between different socioeconomic ladders. And so with that, I just started looking at, well, what other houses are in this price range? Where are they? Can we do this again? And I built up a little system on like, okay, how do we find them regardless of where I am? How do you get the right price? How do you get the right house? How do you analyze a neighborhood? And just built up the system of learning how to do it, even if it wasn't where I lived, even if it was out of state or two hours away, how do you do this so this makes sense and you take out all the risk? And so I just sort of built up the system and started showing other people how to do it. Did you go into it thinking, hey, I'm going to make money doing this or just like, hey, I wonder if this is going to happen. Can I do this? Uh, it was really modest. I was like, OK, I don't want to go to just the local library and tell people this is like a real thing and they don't have to have a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar house to get in real estate investing. And I know there's people like me who make a modest living who can afford it and are quite comfortable going back to these neighborhoods like I am. They grew up in it. They got out. But like, it's not this big cultural divide to go back into it. And I was going to go to the local library, but I was like, let me go to YouTube. And at the point I was like, I'm just going to make like a $5 ebook about this system. And then I'll sell like 10,000 of them a month. Right. I was like, I was 2013. <laughs> 2013. Know, like, it's changed a little bit since then even. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, it's sort of funny. Sometimes you're just like, I know this one thing can help people and YouTube was free and I can get the information out. And I'm like, if only three people listen to it, I did my part and showed the three people who are interested that they can do this. What sometimes you don't realize is that it's bigger than you. Ah. And yeah. so that's what happened. And I've been coaching and teaching for the last five years. But at first, I, I, I just didn't know who else. I just knew someone could use this like me, someone who looked like me, acted like me, understand where I'm coming from, grew up modest, maybe has a white collar job, but want financial freedom. And so through that, I put it out there and I found out a lot of people wanted to find out how to buy a cheap rental property <laughs> the right way and how to navigate a working class or lower income neighborhood and get financial freedom in that I had came up with something that was valuable for people to get sort of that breathing room without having to wait 30 years. Um, a lot of what I say really goes against the typical investing advice. 
they don't want you going to a lower income neighborhood. Like they'll say like, I wouldn't step foot in that neighborhood. Right. People gravitate towards me are like, I grew up in that neighborhood. It's fine. And demographic difference, right. Between me and my white collar friends who move every one to three years, typically in this neighborhood, people will stay for 18 to 20 years. I've had a couple of people for six years plus. One of my, my grandfather owns duplexes around our town And one of the ladies in a neighborhood like you're describing has been there as long as I can remember. Right. She's been there long term. And we're like, she could have bought the thing by now, but she's not interested in owning. Because if you own, you got all this other crazy stuff to worry about. And as the landlord property owner, that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) What we deal with. But there are people looking to rent these things. Yes. And why not? Now, do you manage the properties that you own or do you have someone else doing that? I do someone else. Mine is all about being a rental property owner, not a landlord. And it's really (laughs) different because sometimes I go to these landlord roundtables and I'm like, I don't do any of this. I need to get out of here. And that's fine. I always tell people like your business needs to reflect what you want to see. I personally don't want to manage. I didn't do this to create another job. I did this to create another (laughs) stable source of income. I don't want to take the calls. I don't want to do the applicants. I don't want to do anything. And so my strategy really reflects that. So we don't even go into a market and you don't even put money down until we know the right team is already there. Does that make Ah, sense? You don't look at the house first. You look at what supports the business of me being a rental property owner, not a landlord. And other people, you know, I look at my husband. He loves being a landlord. He's a physical guy. You know, he's like, yeah, give me a call. I'll do it. He wants to be in there. I'm like, I don't want to do anything. My mom and dad, you know, I've always been the person who was like, I don't want to do the chores. I don't want to do that. Uh I want to do my own thing. So they've always had to fight with me. And I always fought back. Like, I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And like yesterday, they're like, you know, congratulations on the book. But you are so funny. Out of seven kids, you are like the laziest one that's probably <laughs> going to do the best. You know, and it's funny because you build a system on like, OK, I want this end result, but I don't want to have to work for it. And you really take that time to consider how do you build a system around that so you can just be the owner, collect the rent, but have very minimal involvement. Exactly. It's all about systems. A a lot of entrepreneurs and successful business owners will come and tell you that right away. It's about the system. So it's okay being, uh, and I'm hardworking, so don't take the lazy comment too bad. It's just when my parents are blue collar, so they're like, of course, you're supposed to clean up and do all this stuff. And of course, you don't hire maid services to come clean your house like for them and that mindset. And I love them, but I'm like, girl, hire a maid and I'm not doing this myself and you can outsource this. And I added up the time and it's worth it. I will eat less. I will eat out less for lunch if I have to, to have someone clean my house. And I think sometimes that's a bigger conversation. I work with a lot of professionals and some of the conversations I have in building the business is get a virtual assistant to to look for this stuff. You're a working Mm -hmm. mother. You're a working father. You have kids and responsibility. Your energy level is not as high you know, outsource two to three hours worth of your work a day, you know? So sometimes I talk about outsourcing the cleaning or this or that, because not just in business, but in life, we are so overstretched. You really need to start thinking about how do I get that financial freedom to breathe, which is why I always talk about the higher purpose of what I do. I've helped over 560 investors over the last six years across the country build this business up. And all it does is give you the breathing room to go, What's my higher purpose in college? Now that I have 2000 in cash flow, 3000 these don't have to be big numbers. 
right? You don't need 18 houses. You can literally be good with three. And once you have this cash flow coming in, what can you do now? What do you know you've always been meant for? And can I share some of the things that when Go we get this it. clarity, my the people I've worked with have uncovered? Absolutely. I love this part the best, actually. <laughs> or some yeah, I mean, you're getting things. excited here. You're like, yeah, yeah. this is what well, you want to you know, see. People say, I want to help single mothers transition into the workplace because I did it. I want to help single mothers who are 18 know that they can handle it. And these are the resources because they think they can't and they're stressed out. Um, a guy said, now I can focus on helping people who are felons in prison um, learn how to be entrepreneurs so they can integrate back in society and not go back to the same poverty and bring down the neighborhoods and, and complete the cycle. I had people say, I want to go across the country and just do praise and singing to help people who are depressed who need it. All of these are so worthy. And if we could all get out of the survival mode and paycheck to paycheck mode and just clear up a little bit of time for this, you know, abundance will fall all of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But we just yeah. don't necessarily have the time. So I always say it's not about money. It's about what can that money do for us? What can it free me up so that I can serve the purpose I'm here to serve? And that's just as important a message as using this tool to get you there. And I love doing that because you get energized when you talk about that bigger purpose every single time. And when I ask people, they're so clear. <laughs> like, right. It doesn't right. take me long to get out. They're like, I've always wanted to do this. And I look at what they want to do and I go, if everyone had the ability to actually do what they're here to serve, like we wouldn't need any government assistance. Right. Right. We wouldn't need any help. We would be, we have such a strong pull, I think people in general, to bring up others like we've been brought up that if we had the breathing room to really focus on that, all of us could really make an impact and difference in this world. You know, I have 47,000 people in my social media audience. You can say what you want, but I've inspired 47,000 people to open their minds and start looking at things they never thought was possible and to start thinking about their higher purpose. Like it doesn't need to be a millions of people impacted, although that would be nice. And I'd love to get my message to that many people. But even if you help 200 single mothers in your town, you just change the fabric of your town for another generation. Like it doesn't have to be so big for the impact that you can make to really pay dividends 10, 20, 30 years out. And sometimes people think that they're not important. And I'm like, you are, and everyone needs to get to this higher calling. Every time I hear another story of what people would do, I'm always like, oh my gosh, we got to get you to this point. Like the world will be a better place for it. Is that what happens in your coaching session with people? Is you try to get them to see this bigger picture and then they go, oh, I get it. And you go, okay, here's how we get there. Yes, Is that the idea? And I do actually take it to the level of what, you know, once you get, okay, you get your cash flow goals, there's two months, you go, you go visiting, you go traveling. Cause everyone's like, I want to travel more. Yeah. Do that for of two course. months. You're going to get bored. Then what? Let's talk about you will. Trust me. Like Everyone gets bored. So what did you know you're, you were here to do? What is your higher purpose? So that is just as much of a conversation I have with people as the, okay, this is what we can do. This is the cash flow you want to hit. Number of properties we need to hit. This is your the timeline that we can hit it. And then we go really deep into the personalization of it. Some people can get there in two years because they have 100K in the bank. Other people will take five or six. That's fine. We just lay out that plan that's good for them at this time us to start working on. Right. So your book, Investing in Rental Properties for Beginners, are most of the folks you work with then beginners who are coming in and go, ah, I don't know. And what kind of advice can we see in this book? Okay. Are you going to tell us the secrets of success here? And like, yeah, this is all you got to do, one, two, three, four, five, or what? 
Yeah, I I help with bigger perspectives. So the people who follow me okay. are beginners who just learned about real estate investing and decided this is what I want to do to create that space and freedom. And others who have wanted to do it for 10 years with the traditional advice was you don't go in these lower income neighborhoods. You're going to get headache tenants, quote unquote, guys, for those who can't see me, you're going to get those people. And side note, it really matter who the messenger is because the typical investor who gives advice was more affluent and their advice is to borrow Fifty to eighty thousand dollars from your parents for your first loan, or right. to raise half a million dollars for an apartment complex from your friend. And for me, myself, my community, and people who look like me, that's not a reality. My parents don't mm-hmm. have fifty thousand to give to me, and there are people like that that exist. But you really see that the messenger before I really started stridently putting it myself in there was you're already sort of affluent, and this is maximizing your affluency, right? Not <laughs> you're starting at the bottom now. You're here. So it's people who wanted to invest for 10 years but thought they needed $100,000. And I was like, girl, we start with 10 or 15. Like, we can do this. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, also yeah. people who are in California or my New Yorkers who have the higher incomes, but it's like, I want to move this money. I don't want to make 0.5%, like $4 a year off of it, but I need to invest out of state. And so most people were just doing what they saw. But my whole system is about, I never really lived outside of that first property where I invested. So you had to figure out, well, how do you invest long distance and still be very comfortable when you have to hustle in that way? Because it's not given to you. You really lay down a solid foundation. And over six years, you just get better and better at that system. So it's people who've wanted to, but just thought they needed way more money or thought they had to do it locally and just making it Mm -hmm. comfortable and easy. Like I'm the only person who says this and people who work with me leave or like, yeah, it was easy. Like it can be if you sort of know. And I always tell people just make sure the messenger you're taking advice from, make sure you know who that messenger is and what their background is. Because if they're advising you and they're telling you to stay in this expensive neighborhood, that's not in your pocketbook or budget, but you think that's the only way that can get you in more trouble. So sometimes I'm grateful when there are people who maybe have a property or two, or they've been wanting to do it for 10 years until they found me and wanted my assistance. Um, I'm sort of glad they didn't do it because when I start talking to them, they come more from my background. They only have what's readily available. Like, so I show them how to use the heck out of credit, how to use the heck out of loans, personal loans, mortgage, like all of it. Like every as like an asset that you have as a regular consumer, not mm-hmm. as someone who comes from wealth or money. And it's just a different layer of strategies you put for doing the renovation versus the purchasing versus your startup. You don't need to have $50,000 at once. We use it from different spots um, that are readily available. So that's just sort of one of the key difference. And the other big thing in the book, the secret sauce is people start focusing on, I found a cheap property and I have to go, first of all, do you want to be a rental property owner or landlord? And if you want to be a rental property owner, well, then we have to make sure before you even start looking at different spots, what market supports you? Is it local? Do you have to drive two hours? Do you have to hop on a plane? I have clients hop on a plane. That's fine. If you find the right market, you know, a round trip flight for $125, it's not that big of a deal to have an extension a little bit further away. So when you go over into these details, it starts breaking it down all of the, why is it so hard to, no, it's really quite easy. I got this. We can do this. It's fine. It's fine. So yeah, so it's all around. And and those are the type of people who are attracted to me. The message I'm putting out and the advice and strategy I give out. So what type of advice do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who is listening today? Always start doing the work now to find out what that higher calling is, what that higher purpose is. What are you here to do? If someone asked you like, how do you want to help and change the world, even small or big? What's that thing inside of you? 
I always want people to start having that conversation. It took me a year to get clarity that my higher purpose is to help empower other people to get to theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you start the work, you're going to get to that point and know that you're supposed to help prison inmates or do this and change the fabric of our lives in very real tangible ways. So start thinking about that now and whatever mechanism you use, be it real estate or whatever, have that end goal in mind and know, okay, let me get started and figure out how I can get the freedom, um, usually financially, to get to that point so that I can open up that space to feel more comfortable embarking on something maybe that has nothing to do with what I'm currently doing, but I know I'm being called and led to do it. So how can people find out more about you and your book? Where do we, where we get this gem? Oh, so right now you can go to affordablerealestateinvestments.com. And right now is the last day of my book promotion. I just launched this book. It's six years of me coaching all of these systems for entrepreneurs all across the country. And Today, it's 99 cents. I'm trying to hit the number one bestseller list. So this is the last day that it's 99 cents. Please join. Please sign up. It's $1. After that, it goes back to full price. But we need to get the message out. And always hand in hand, we do this to create the money to have the breathing room to follow up on our calling and higher purpose. Right? And I always want people when they do this to keep it together. And you can't invest with compassion and profitability. You can provide that affordable housing. So it's affordablerealestateinvestments.com, affordable, R-E-I, on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. You can Google Lisa Phillips Real Estate or Lisa Phillips Affordable Real Estate, and I will pop right up. Join me and my group. I have a 5,500 group of uh, people in my Facebook mastermind group who are thoughtful investors who are compassionate, who have that bigger purpose. We talk about how we help the people that we're renting to. It's an amazing energy. And I'd like for you to share and participate in that. Thank you so much for joining me, Lisa. Thanks for sharing your energy and your vision today. Very, very helpful stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy I had the chance. Bless everyone in this audience to find your higher calling and purpose as fast as possible because the world needs all of us. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.